ladies and gentlemen, what if I told you that football was yeah. seven days away? I might scream like a girl. And guess what? By the time you're hearing this, it's probably six days Whoa. away. Whoa! That is right, ladies and gentlemen. The wait is almost over, and you have another episode of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast coming into your ears. Have a great episode. We got a trade ring. We have our official This League season predictions. And for the first time, we have a fantastic interview guest from outside the league that's going to give his opinion of where teams are a fresh voice for you guys even though i'm sure you never get tired of hearing our i don't know how they could voices i don't get it either but buckle in because we're getting ready to go let's ride y'all boys ready for this Howdy folks, let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Word to your mother. It is another episode of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast coming at you. The podcast. I did just say a little twang on that, did uh, I? That, That's how that excited podcast. I am. That's a- <laughs> Shut up. It is episode 63, and Whew. I am your hostess with the mostest, Chris Mitchum, along with the usual cohorts, Tim Raider. Hey, how's everybody going? I, I, I need two seconds here. Oh. I need to, you know, just a round of applause for Steven. Again, that intro song, the fact that oh, we have our absolutely. own intro song, like, just listen again. I, You know, goosebumps, man. Like, yeah, I know. It's wild. You know, everyone at home listening, round of applause at Steven, Mount Passmore, right there for you. I love it. And, of course, we have Aaron Hunt on the podcast. <laughs> I hate this. The one time I have a little bit of excitement in my voice, I can't even... Can't even get it through the boys. All right. How's it going, everyone? It's been a minute, and the football season is almost here. It's so it close. Is. I knew. As if you were listening to this, six days in all likelihood, if I get this out on Friday, until the football gets kicked off between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit <laughs> Lions. I am so excited to watch the Chiefs beat the Lions 49-3. to Yeah, I'll take that That's spread. That's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. I guarantee to you like T- what's the spread right there can we get a spread here oh real yeah, quick? yeah. Give, give me 30 look seconds up, come tim. back to me look that up tim um in this episode for you today we have a trade ring two teams that emphatically declared the directions that their teams are going participated and enter into the ring we will go over that we have your this league fantasy season predictions and i know what you're thinking chris when is the nfl season predictions that's next week We'll just blue ball you till then. And then, of course, we have the interview of all interviews, the first ever outside perspective of this league. Teams are coming at you. We brought on a very special guest that we were happy to have on to give an outside perspective, so you don't want to miss that. Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites only. Take them on. Six-and-a-half. Take, take them. Take them. A touchdown? I think a touchdown. It's, it's, in the, it's, it's in Kansas City? Yes, it is. I'll take yeah minus twenty I would, minus twenty eight. Let's go. And a half, probably. 
Mahomes really week one is like a legend too, by the way. Like Andy his stats Reed are week ridiculous. One? So that's easy money. He's undefeated after a bye week. Imagine <laughs> after a whole season. He's got all year. Against Dan Campbell. Come on now. All right. As you always, www.thisleaguepod.com. Currently under construction, but we will get that up and firing before the season starts where you can keep track of the latest waiver moves, trades, roster construction, and up-to-the-minute matchup where you can uh, follow all of those live scores. And, of course, on social media, at This League Pod is where you can find us on their drinks of the week. I'll make them short, fellas. We're all sipping that nice Stella, Mm -hmm. right? In a can. Absolutely. Stella's a lot better on draft, but a can happens. It's okay. Can still is, you know, nothing to nothing to scoff at. You know, the bottles sometimes get skunked, but a can true. still is always going to hit right. That's exactly true, and it's just convenient. Nice, nice, slim, slender can. Cheers, 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 cheers boys, boys, to a nice Stella. Cheers to the Belgian spice. Ah, hits every time. All right, fellas, who's ready to get violent? Not I. Well, I too bad, because so. we're opening the ring. The This League Trade Ring. I don't even have my headgear. <laughs> wait, wait, I gotta tape my tape my hands. <laughs> All right. Well, as I mentioned before, we have a juicy trade ring for you today. Two teams entered that I think made a clear indication to the rest of the league of where these teams are going. Oh, for sure. And that's an understatement. Do you need a clap or do you want me to start going again? Just start going. (laughs) In this trade ring, we have Chris entering on one side. Come on, baby! And Steven on the other. Steven, right? Mount Passmore going for it? No. Steven trades away. Nick Chubb. Mm. A 2026 second round pick. A little future asset throw in. And Steven receives from Chris a 2024. Oh, man. First round. Oh, man. Marvin Harrison Jr. lottery ticket. That's what we call it. Via Chris, that is actually Zach's pick. In all likelihood, you're looking at a top four selection there. Chris, I mean, beating his chest saying, we're going for it. Come I don't on. care what it costs. And then Steven also, in this trade, does receive Samaje Pirine. Nice little start piece for this season. Um, so, yeah, that's the trade laid out right there. Big movers, one on yeah, each side. I know. And Nick Chubb in a 24 first, a high 24 first, moving in that one certainly caught some eyes. Being that I was a member, we have two other members of this podcast that will be determining the winner of this draft i will count down from three they will say it at the same time and we will see who emerges victorious are you ready fellas not at all nope (laughs) not at all well two bags i'm about to count us down here we go in three two one steven Uh, i'm on the fence i'll lean chris then all right all right man that's a 50 50 bow Is that just like a judge's decision tie kind of thing? I think that might be the first one we've ever had. I know. You guys might have to go in for round two and you know swap some other picks or something. Yeah, I know. 
I don't know. All right. Well, we have one for Steven, one for your boy. I'll start with Aaron over there. You lean Steven. He gives away a valuable running back asset, but also gets a valuable draft pick. Why do you lean that way? So, first of all, he takes away a little bit of your running back depth with the Samaj P. Ryan piece. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Steven. I think it's subtle and like not a sexy part of the trade, but it's definitely someone he can plug and play, especially early in the season when we know Javante Williams is probably not going to be his 100% self. And then I just give the edge to Steven because I just nut every time I look at the 2024 rookie class. <laughs> sure it's, do. It's so deep. There's so much talent. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to go there. The my mind, windows are my mind, strong. My mind was very much pure. <laughs> Chris made it not. <laughs> Who you got? Yeah, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Brock Bowers, May. Travion Henderson. There's some names. There's, there's some dogs. There's some dogs, dogs, dogs in there. There's a lot of running backs, actually, which, you know, I, Zach, I love you, but I think you're probably not going to make the playoffs. And so having a top four pick in that draft class and with how Steven's team is, it's juicy. And Nick Chubb, after this year, I mean, he's probably not going to have as much value. Uh, like, he's probably at his peak value at this point right That's now. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Steven was right to trade him before potential injury. And Steven's probably thinking he's a French playoff team anyway. So I think it just makes sense from Steven's end. All right. Well, you heard the one side, Tim. You were on the fence. You lean, yes. Chris. What's the what's, what's what's the thought process there? Yeah. If I could, I would probably say both of you are winners. But you know, it's not a snowflake podcast, so we'll declare one. I'll go, Chris. Um, because anytime I'm on the fence like this, and so you know, props to Steven, a great trade. I do think it's a right move for the direction of his team. Chris is chasing that championship, that trophy. I want it. So I'm on the fence. I think it's close enough I could go either way. So I'm going to give it to the guy who's going for it this year because there's only so many winners every year, right? You know, three, four, five. No, there's one who hoists the trophy at the end of the season. And so, Chris, for that reason alone, I'll give you that uh, for going and getting your guy. I appreciate that. A little background in some of the discussions. Originally, it was just going to be the 24 first for Nick Chubb. That's what it was. Straight, easy, clean, whatever it may be. Um, but we we briefly discussed it in our interview later. But, uh, you know, I feel like I have the roster where um, I, I didn't really want to drop anybody because they'd probably be an immediate pickup on the waiver wire. So I messaged Steve and I was like, hey. I need to drop somebody. So who would you want for like a second and a 2026 second mm, <laughs> at that? Yeah, way down there. So he said Samaj P. Ryan. I threw that in there because he was one of the guys I might have considered dropping um, if this trade would have gone through. So that was the other part to it, which obviously I picked him in the third round of a rookie draft to get a second round for him. I like that return. So that was the reason behind that. Um, but no, I think it's a really good trade for both sides. If anybody would think of it, I think it's Tim's reasoning of both sides are winners. Both sides had objectives that they mm-hmm. accomplished there. Right. So we had a 
tie, a judge's decision tie in the This League trade ring. But I'll tell you what, that fight was bloody. It was passionate. It was heated. And it was a great fight for the fans that, of course, ended in a tie. Sounds like the fans won an encore. So, Steven, hit me up with a trade offer, baby. And that was your trade ring for this week. We close it until who will be the first trade of the end season this league? Do we have one the day before the season? I don't know. But the Octagon awaits its next competitors. Who's ready for some predictions? Let's do it. Let's get into it. This league fantasy football predictions on this episode for you. We're going to do the usual ones. We're going to have each predict a this league champion, a this league last place loser, and a this league dark horse. You can be looking out for, I say we just start at the top, fellas. The this league champion you're looking into, stretch the defending champion. If anybody chooses him, I end this podcast <laughs> right now. I turn it off. No more podcast for you. So we will start with who wants to who wants to get us started? Oh, I can get us started here. All right, Tim, let's hop into it. Yeah, um, I can't recall. I should have gone back and looked, but this is a guy who's top of the power rankings consistently. You know, strikes fear into every opponent's heart. I don't know. Probably owns three at, at least three of the top five total scoring weeks in this league history. If I had to guess, at least three. I bet he does. Puts up points. My This League champion for the 2023 NFL fantasy season is Let Russ Microwave. Hey, there it is, Sitting baby. over there. There it is. All right. Not something, you, you know, I, I, I'm on the record saying this, you know, Aaron won year two. So to see the trophy go stretch, Aaron, stretch, Aaron, would just break my heart. Four years, and that's eight of us that just, you know, hey, yeah, cool, whatever. This has been fun. So, you know, it kind of hurts a little bit, but... There's no doubting Aaron's roster. Um, you know, we've got top end RBs, top end wide receivers, good depth, high upside pieces. I mean, it's just it's pretty. It is. It is very pretty. And I'll go ahead and jump in here. My pick is also Team Let Russ Microwave. Hey, two for two. Microwave. In my defense, I was the first one in the show doc that put his name in. <laughs> you copiers. But um, no, I it, for the sole reason of he is the only team in the league where you can currently look at his starting roster and confidently say T. Higgins is maybe the only maybe, but can confidently say that each position player will finish as a blank one in their yeah. position. QB one, running back yep. one, wide receiver one. No doubt, barring injuries, Trevor Lawrence is a quarterback one. Eckler and Barkley, for, for surefire RB1s. Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, surefire ones. Mark Andrews may be the one this year. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, full PPR league, surefire mm -hmm. one. Yeah. And then T. Higgins, if he's not a surefire one, he's going to be a surefire strong two. So with, with one upside. So uh, I think that alone propels him to the top. Again, he's the only team in the league you can say that. And you have your nice little pieces on the bench and J.K. Dobbins and Tyler Lockett that maintain that upside. If something happens to anybody in that starting roster, if I had to be contrarian though and go somewhere else, I love Anthony. I love Team Uninspired Youth. Not only for the vibes, I think he is the vibe pick. Mm -hmm. Just for the sake of the league and has to be good guys winning. <laughs> <laughs> I think we want Anthony to get up there. That trade he made with Ceedee Lamb, 
I was talking to him earlier. He is not he, he seems to almost be regretting it already, and I get it. CeeDee Lamb is a very, very valuable piece, but I think it had to be done in order for him to be in this position again. You could not enter the starting of the season with Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott as your starting running backs. He did the right thing, and he's kind of like Aaron when it comes to barring injury. A lot of his guys should be top 12. You're just not as confident as you are in a lot of Aaron's guys. So I think that's why he would be my runner-up. But unfortunately, it's let Russ Microwave. So I'll throw it over to let Russ Microwave himself. Surely he will not pick himself in an arrogant way. I don't know. Big head? I am going to pick myself. Okay. And that is very much just rooted in confidence that it's championship or bust, in my opinion, for my team. I feel like I need to capitalize on this window that I have for my team because if I don't get it this year, fellas, I am going to blow the team up. I'm going right into rebuild mode. I'm going to get draft capital. I'm going to get a lot younger in a lot of different positions. And so, yeah, I think up and down the board, objectively, as best as I can, of course, there's some bias with the guys on my team, but I... It's tough for me to see a weakness in my starting lineup. I would love to have a little bit more depth uh, at running back especially, and also even quarterback too. Um, But yeah, up and down my lineup, I feel like I match up pretty well with anybody else in the league. If I'm going to do a contrarian pick, my dark horse to win the whole thing, to win the whole dang thing, would be Hayden. Yeah. To infinity and beyond. And here's why I say that, because I might say something that you may not be expecting. So you've got the you know, usual suspects, Mahomes, Robinson and Gibbs, we think are going to be studs in their rookie years. Jalen Waddle coming in already has some experience and in, in that high-powered Miami offense. Derrick Henry, Tractor Cito's season once – the wintertime hits. first snowflake to the ground. His, Do we get another season? <laughs> his dark horse player is Debo Samuel. If he can return okay, to prominence. Yeah, I mean, because sell me on it. But, 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 it was per. only a couple of years ago when Debo Samuel finished as the wide receiver three in fantasy. That dude is explosive. And if he is able to get generated targets towards him, generated touches in the offense, he can take it to the house on any given play against any given defense. He's that special of an athlete. And I just think last year he was banged up a lot. He even talked about it. I think he's feeling a lot better this year. He's way more healthier. I think that Brock Purdy's going to rely on him and do a lot of screens I think Debo could really make some noise this year. Yeah, he's certainly the wild card. I think of that team. He if he mm-hmm. if he if he pops off, I think he got a shot. Hayden certainly will be in the conversation. But that's three picks for Aaron. No pressure. It's like the uh, it's like the NBC graphics on Sunday Night Football where they all pick yeah, the one. No team, way the other team could win, and then the other team wins by like thirty. So yeah. I do feel like I have a huge just weight on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> shoulders good luck sleeping tonight i know um we will briefly go to this one um last place person red rocket yeah yep yeah 
Yeah, listen. Yeah. Joe Burrow, Damian Pierce, Drake London. We like that. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. He's getting soon. there. You know, we, we, we get some draft picks rolling all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Bang, bang. Little Marvin Harrison Jr. action. That's hot. Little Brock Bowers action. Starting the tight end. We love that. But uh, I think we all agree. Still at least a year away. But we got some pieces rolling. Let's get on to the This League Dark Horse. I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off, and mine might be the hottest of the dark horses of them all, but if the offseason was kind to one team, I actually believe it was very kind to Zach and Brees Lightning. Now, I'm not saying dark horse, he's going to be a championship contender, yada, 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 but we all know two or three months ago, Zach was a W on your roster. It's a bye week, basically, right? He's You see him, he's not going to do anything. But Brees Lightning right now feels to me like Team Don Perignon, now in Jigbas in Paris, felt the last two, three years. It's like, Don, you're expecting a win when you play him, but his roster is one where, you know, you still have to check your phone a lot during the week, you know, right, right. during on Sunday to make sure Don's guys aren't, you know, popping off. And, you know, we know the story around Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Obviously, later half in the year, Brees Hall will probably take over that backfield. But as of right now, that's not the best news for Brees Lightning. But you talk about Brian Robinson. Sam Howells looked pretty good. And we all are afraid of Antonio Gibson. But I think in one of his preseason games, Brian Robinson had four catches, five catches. Sam Howell has obviously looked very susceptible to checking that ball down because he can move, but he's also good at checking the ball down. And of course you have the Eric B offense coming in. I think Brian Robinson was a riser for me in the off season. Deontay Johnson, if he has his same numbers and instead of maybe has six touchdowns instead of zero, like he had last year, that's a great move. And then these running backs though, I, one could argue he doesn't have high upside guys, but he has some of the deepest running back depth in this league. I already mentioned Brees Hall and Brian Robinson, but then you add Khalil Herbert. He's another guy I've been rising on. The off uh, the preseason made him seem like he is the obvious number one guy there. I think he played almost every single first-team snap when the first-team offense was on the field. Alexander Madison, I think we were all on Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette watch for the Minnesota Vikings. None of that ever happened. I think the guy they signed was... Um, Oh, shoot, he got cut and then signed by them. Who was it? Uh, I forget. Miles Gaskin. Yes, that's who it was. He was immediately Gaskin. the gas man. Yeah, so, you know, it's like, okay, well, if your best guy is Miles Gaskin, then that is Alexander Madison's backfield. Javante Williams, he's come out of nowhere, and it looks freaking healthy and great, which is incredible. And then with, you know, Jonathan Taylor deciding to take a pop of squat, we have Evan Hull there as well. He's looked really good in the preseason. He played with the ones, so... Again, I'm not saying he's going to be a championship contender, but he went from bye week easy dub to he's a guy you got to be looking out for and maybe flirting with that last playoff spot. We you know we talk about three or four guys that might be kind of competing for that last six spot. I think he could be potentially be part of that conversation. If he doesn't make it, certainly in the conversation to be top of that losers bracket, consolation bracket. He's got some good pieces for sure and two first round picks next year so far right that are Stevens and stretches that could both you know borderline they that could, could be, be good. really good picks yeah absolutely I, I I hear you I you know I heard everything you said and I I have slightly warmed on Deontay Johnson a little bit mm-hmm. but like 
I don't know. I still have this dirty Mark Andrews doo-doo taste in my mouth. <laughs> not letting that go. When I think of his <laughs> I team. love Mark Andrews. And so not letting he's that go. So great. I can't put him as an off-season winner. But, you know, I, I, I don't hate his team. I do think it's going to be a tough out oh, this year. Man. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, like I said, certainly not a championship contender. But I think he's a guy that could potentially make some noise, maybe pop off a couple big upset wins throughout the year and at least shake up maybe the top half of the league with some surprise W's. Tim, we'll throw it over to you for your dark horse pick. My dark horse pick for the year, I have recently welcomed to the Qdoba division Okay. through the conference realignment. And that is going to be Don. I love it. Formerly Don Perignon uh, in Jigba's in Paris. Love it. Don's, Don's just one of those guys. He, you know, you, you want to have a guy off? Like, he's got guys. <laughs> guy, he does you have guys. Have a guy he's off. one of those guys he's that got, got guys. He has fantastic depth. The The problem that's always been Don that we all shake our heads at, we're all just like, ah, come on, man. You know, like two years ago, it was just set your roster with active yeah. players. Yeah. Last year, he did that, but it was like, man, look at the matchups. Like, you know, like, Why, you're, so close. On your you're so close. <laughs> and so this year, if he can take that step as an owner manager, you know, to set the roster and then play the matchups right. All it takes is a little bit of luck, and, and I could see him. I could see him making a playoff run. You know, he, like I said, he's got the guys, and it's just you know he's got to pick the right weeks. Aaron Rodgers, I will say, is the biggest question mark because you know Bryce Young's not going to help this year for fantasy. If Aaron Rodgers does, you know, stick it to Green Bay and have a bounce back year, boom, you get a top five, top three quarterback performance out of him. Solid. Because, you know, you got starters, you know, sneaky good starters in Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders. He has elite pieces. They like own, Pollard, Olave, those are elite Those guys pieces. just own their own their backfield, own their positions. Terry McLaurin's a wide receiver, two in fantasy, but the one on his team with upside now with a new uh, quarterback that's not Carson Wentz. Yeah. I mean, Sam Howe. <laughs> Shout I mean, out, throwback. Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't take, your, take him to meet your mom yet, but Sam Howe could be good. Right. Did you see the quotes from Ron Rivera about Sam Howell in like week 18 of last year? He's like talking to the press or whatever. And he's like uh, something along the lines of, you know, Oh, I didn't, you know, we just played Carson Wentz. We had to, you know, we needed a quarterback out there and that's all we had. And then they're like, well, what about Sam Howell? And he's like, Oh yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it was like everyone, the t- biggest takeaway was, I don't think Ron Rivera went to practice that week. Does he know who Sam Howell is? He didn't know who Sam Howell was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, but but anyway, continuing down the roster, like right now in the flex, we got high upside Jackson Smith and Jigba. I love him. You know, coming off the wrist injury, I think he'll be fine. I think he's still projected to start week one. Brandon Cooks, sneaky thousand yard receiver guy, just about everywhere he goes until he's like last year. He's like, I don't want to play for the stinking Texans. Can't when blame he him. did, can't blame him. He was good. Uh, you know, so I think he slots in as a wide receiver two target in in, uh, in Dallas there. Um, some of those those bench pieces are good. You know, Elijah Mitchell, CMC's backup. Antonio Gibson could make some some noise in the passing game. Damian Harris, goal line back maybe? No. No, okay. But, you know, then going on, <laughs> one of my favorite pieces, Jahan Dodson. No. Yeah, dude, Jahan, Jahan Dodson. Dodson. Gets Everybody gets Dodson. this, gets dude. this, gets this podcast. That got the people up. going. We are awake now, <laughs> man. up, Jahan Dodson. Yeah, so Jahan Dodson's one of those guys, you know, second-year receiver. He, he was injured last year. He was dealing with Carson Wentz, and I don't even know who else was throwing the ball last year. You give him some stability there. 
And, you know, Terry McLaurin still there as a target. Only 27, like sneaky young mm-hmm. for, I don't know. I'm gonna look. I guess he's only had you know, four full seasons in the league. But I think Dotson's got it. You know, he was a first-round pick for a reason. Yeah. Uh, Howell's looked his way a lot this preseason, you know, not only because of uh, McLaurin's slight injury, but even before then, he's just loved him. Now, you know, Don's got a big, you know, a glaring kind of tight end, low upside spot. Yes. Not a lot of depth there. So that could limit him, you know, when you're really talking about, like, can he keep up in a shootout? Luke Musgrave and all six foot six of him has looked yeah. great this offseason. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, you know, Don's starting pieces, I think I think it's, you know, can he take that next step as an owner-manager? Um, and if so, I, I'll call it this year. I think, you know, I think he's definitely a playoff team. He's solid. I like that. He's. I think he's in that kind of that bubble of going to be competing for that last spot. Uh, I love that. I love that dark horse pick. Uh, we'll throw it over to Aaron. Dark horse pick. Who we got? And my dark horse pick. I am really been on the fence about it, uh, but I think I'm just gonna go back to the well and say it's Infinity and Bajan. All right. So like dark horse is not like being good, but like championship kind of guy. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Because I think right now, like. We see Hayden's team, and we're like, okay, you're good. Like, you have a couple of guys you drafted. You've got a couple of really good players in the wide receiver positions. Your flexes, like, ETN's got competition now. Tractor Cito's getting older. Fryermuth's just a guy. I, man, I just think if you catch Hayden on the wrong week, then I think you're in trouble. Yeah. And it, you're going to have to put up some points to be able to match him. Especially if Bijan and Jameer are as advertised and come out and be top five dynasty running backs like we expect them to. Yeah, full PPR. I, yeah, real quick. What's your guys' vibe on Travis Etienne right now? I feel like he hasn't Tank. really been talked down, much. down, down, down. Same, and like I know he's been trying to shop him, which I understand. The vibes aren't great right now, um, but yeah, I like me some Tank Bigsby, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know I've already waxed poetical a little bit about Sean Tucker, but like Tank Bigsby was my other guy. He like looks running like behind that horrible like offensive line at Auburn. God, he looked good. Like he got hit behind the line of scrimmage every play, but still averaged like four and a half yards a carry. Like God, I love Tank Big Space film. Like besides like Bijan and Jameer Gibbs, I literally probably would have ranked Tank and Sean Tucker as my three four. Like I loved their take. Thank you. So um <laughs> yeah, you have both of them. I know. <laughs> All right. Um okay, well there's your dark horses. I think the last juicy thing we can do, we've been talking about the tiers in the league a little bit. Your playoff predictions tim if you're ready we'll start with you who makes the playoffs yeah and i think i can i think i'll give them a a a tiered order here so i'll put number one seed you know i'll give it to aaron i think let russ microwave he's got it this year you know no he's my he's my pick to win it i can't not have him up there sure i think two is team uninspired youth Mm -hmm. i think he's clearly a playoff contender and clearly a championship contender I'm going to currently put myself slotted as number three. I, I am in the now weaker Qdoba division. So I think I'm, I, I am poised to be able to take advantage of that. Yep. Four, I am going to put in 
Team Fairlife. All right. Five to Infinity and Bijan. Cool. And then my six, I'm going to give it to my dark horse. This is where I'm it gonna gets give good. it to Don. All I'm right. going to say Don's going to sneak into the playoffs, and he's going to be that sixth spot this year. All right. Aaron, throw it over to you. Do you have tiers, or do you have a pretty easy answer? As as far as what? Sorry. Playoff predictions. Who makes the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think I've got mine down. Um, I think when it comes to just overall seeds and who's going to make it, don't really have that in mind, but... Myself, let Russ cook or microwave is definitely ooh, going to ooh. be. Will he cook? He ain't cooking. Is he yeah. back in the kitchen? Russ uh-uh. is not cooking. <laughs> I'm your sous not. chef. Is freaking Cortland Sutton? You ain't cooking nothing. No, no. <laughs> uh, so myself, uh, I got Team Fairlife making the playoffs. Uh, to Infinity and Bajon, Team Uninspired Youth. Loving that Chipotle division. Yep. So so bad. Or it's good, but it's bad. Good. <laughs> Close, but no Jamar. Hey, there we are. <laughs> That's six spots where it gets juicy, man. And Najigba's in Paris. Hey. All right. All right. Uh, I completely agree with you guys for the first five. I think it would be shocking if Hayden, Aaron, myself, um, Tim, and Anthony all don't make the playoffs. Those those should be expectations. easy money. That's six spot. And you know what? This is a gut feeling because he's pissed us off yeah, so much. Yeah, somebody has to. Stretch is going to make the playoffs. Yeah, whatever. And he's probably going to win a game Ugh. with 92 points. He's not going to oh make the playoffs. His team's not good. It's. We said that last year, but like he literally <laughs> will not make it. He's still got some elite pieces, man. And he's got AR, freaking AR, Five, not fifteen anymore. Colt, go Colts. Starting quarterback for your Indianapolis Colts. Love it. Um, he's still got some pieces, man. I mean, Josh Jacobs, yeah. Garrett Wilson, you know, Mike Evans can like eat thirty points on a week basis if he wants to. Um Yeah, and it, honestly, even his running back depth I think is better than most with David Montgomery and Cam Akers on the bench as well. There's a decent chance those two can both be very usable. So yeah, I, I would put stretch just over dawn at this point um simply just because of league history <laughs> i think is yeah. why i would do it so that's my playoff predictions and that is your fantasy football this league predictions let us know what you think of that on the socials in the comments who's your playoff predictions who's your this league champion predictions and who's your dark horse let us know we want to know where do we get it right where do we get it wrong let us know, but now it is time for something that we are really looking forward to, and I'm sure you are too. Time to get an outside perspective of this league with our good friend Devin Vosevsky. Did I get that right, Tim? Sure did. Sure did. Devin was an awesome interview, and you guys are going to love it. Here comes Devin. Broncos country. Let's rock. It is a historic first for the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. That's right. We, for the first time, have an outside perspective, an outside guest that is not influenced by Stretch's bullshit or Anthony's heroics or my wonderful hot takes that this show brings. We have a good friend of the show, the one, the only, Devin Vosevsky on the line. Devin, how we doing, man? Doing pretty good. Appreciate you guys having me on here. Excited to be part of this historic day. 
Absolutely, man. So go ahead and explain to the listeners who are you, where are you from, how'd you get connected to us, and what makes you qualified to uh, kind of crown the kings of the league and the uh, poorest of the poor. No, absolutely. So, um, you know, my name is Devin. Um, I've grown up around central Indiana pretty much my, my entire life here. Um, literally never really moved too far outside of it. Um, I, I got a finance degree. I started working for Ascension St. Vincent, and that's where I met my good buddy Tim over there. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Hooday Tim. Let's go. And from there, you know, I we got close and we started talking about fantasy football. And I've been a big fan of fantasy football for surprisingly not that long. Um, I first got into it probably four years ago. Okay. And, you know, for some reason, I, I don't know why none of my family has ever been into it, but I was big into football. And as soon as I ever heard of this thing called fantasy, I was hooked. So my, my first ever time playing, I played in two leagues my very first year. I got second in both of them. So oh, so close. It, it, it was fun, but it was also very frustrating. It does. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got to come back yeah, now. Coming back stronger. <laughs> yep. So I, I got second in both leagues. So obviously it was great. I felt like I was decent at it. So the next year I decided to make my own league. So I got some friends together. We made a small 10-team league, redraft, not dynasty. And I ended up winning the first year in that. So I felt validated. I, I got the chip that so many people try and strive for. So I got that off my back. Um, the next year fell a little bit off the wagon. I made playoffs, but I think I got like fifth. And then, and then last year I, I reclaimed the title and Come I won on, against. Dang. So two and two four years. Three, two out of three years ain't bad. Yeah. That's great, man. That's the great thing about fantasy football in general. It's like, and it's weird to try to start conversations like that. Like, you know, kind of in your situation, you have friends at work or friends anywhere and it's like, do you like football? It's like, yeah, you know, I dabble a little bit. And usually when you hear that, it's like, okay, they're not going to know who the third string running back of the Cleveland Browns are, you know, like <laughs> the way we do. But as soon as you do find that somebody that's like, yeah, I get into football. <laughs> it's oh, yeah, like, we're sure. going to be best friends. It's a game changer. So that's great. So that's great. Um, so obviously you have a really good fantasy football background. Do you have a big dynasty football background? I do indeed. So about... Two and a half, three years ago, I, 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 like many people, and you guys probably included, season ended, and I was like, what do I do with my life? <laughs> I'm not um, done. Waiting for that. That's yeah. so relatable. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got too much going on where I'm like, I just still got that itch. So um, I decided to join a dynasty league. Now, unfortunately, you know, obviously dynasty is a year-long commitment. Not, not super intensive, but none of my friends probably were as interested as I was. So I joined a dynasty league, um, did it through the, you know, subreddits. And, you know, found a league, good group of people. They are random. So it does make it a little bit harder, but I've been in dynasty for about three years now. This is the third year of it. Awesome. We're yeah, going into is, the third this is year, year four. Oh, year four yeah. of this league. That's right. Yeah. yeah we started 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Similar we got timelines. So obviously we have somebody that knows what they're talking about. So we'll just jump right into it. You know, you get into dynasty, you get into fantasy football one of the best questions you can ask anybody is what is a general hot take you got going into the league, whether it be a player, a team, or anything? What does Devin believe that most of the fantasy community does not? For me, I mean, it's pretty hot. I'm going to come in hot and strong. So Travis Kelsey scares me. Travis Kelsey, I'm, I'm a little afraid of him. I mean, I don't think he's going to be top five. I know oh that sounds crazy. Chiefs tight end? Yeah, oh, yeah. Travis Kelsey? Oh, wow. The Chiefs tight end? That guy? Yep, that that guy, you wow. know that guy that's historic year after year. Not I don't think he's scared. Five. 
that's that's what makes it spicy. If you think like two or three, this is Andrew's year, you know, I get it, yeah. but like you telling me he's not are even you be thinking, top five. Yeah, so are you thinking injury? Or are you thinking just like a true production oh. drop off or I think it's twofold, right? So Travis Kelsey, he's 33 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're being honest, have we really ever seen anybody at this age continue year after year to have sustained success, even without injury? Like, obviously, you don't want to root for injuries and draft because you're afraid of injuries, but like, call it a gut feeling, but like, almost feels like he's due. I mean, you see like yeah. Darius Tony. The man's made of glass. He gets hurt tripping over I his love shoelace. I, I, I have an unreasonable <laughs> love for that man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, Aaron has an unreasonable hate for that man. So he's just really not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, I mean and that's just that's just the bones of it. Like, obviously he's the focal point of the Chiefs offense. Does he have the talent still to be the mm-hmm. number one tight end? Absolutely. But at a certain point, I get it. Andy Reid's a great genius, and Patrick Mahomes is one of the great quarterbacks of our generation right now. But at some point, they got to figure out something, or his age has got to come up with him. I mean, he's going to hit that cliff at some point. And I don't know. I just got a bad feeling that 33 is the magic number. Yeah, it, it's hot. Definitely a hot take. I, I think, um, you know, I'm, the guys that are older that have done it, I think might even predate fantasy. Like I'm thinking yep, like exactly. Tony Gonzalez, like My first Antonio, Antonio Gates. Gates. Yeah. yeah. But a, again, I, I, don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I feel like they stayed relevant via the touchdown. Yeah. Yep. Which Travis Kelsey is, you know, he's a good red zone target. So I could see him hanging on with touchdown and maybe the yards drop off. But top five is, I don't know. Aaron, any thoughts? Well, I'm really curious. Who's the five in front of him? Yeah. So obviously I got Mark Andrews as the one. And, you know, I think the Ravens got a new offensive coordinator. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. It would not shock me if Mark Andrews has his resurgence of, you know, proven Lamar's healthy. Obviously, that's a big caveat. So second one, this one's big bar in health, kind of like Kelsey, but I could see Darren Waller having yeah, a 2020 guy. The walrus that is on team close, but no Jamar owned by who Tim over there. I could see it. I mean, you're talking about a Giants team that doesn't have any clear cut wide receiver. He's going to be the focal point of that offense, regardless of how good they are. So even if he's not getting touchdowns, He's going to get a large target share, and especially if you're in a half PPR, even full PPR league, not even counting tight end premiums, I think he's going to get a lot more focal of an offense than any other tight end arguably in the league. I love it. I love it. Love I love two. that. Because what, what was that report that came out of the Giants camp that they had to pull Darren Waller off the field just to make Daniel Jones throw it to somebody else? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, he's the ultimate security blanket there. And like you said, when your next best option is – Paris Campbell. Isaiah Hodgins? Yeah. <laughs> Darius <laughs> Slayton's got that dog in him. I okay. love that. I love that. So He's please, please say number he three does. is he like does. TJ Hawkinson or something, please. Yeah, I would say TJ okay. Hawkinson is probably number three. The man just got paid literally Big today. So. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yep. Miraculously, his back and ear are feeling a lot better as soon as he got those money bags. <laughs> right. It's funny it's how funny one. Yeah, exactly. Right. Nice. But no, I mean, TJ Hawkinson's on a great offense with the Vikings. No Dalvin Cook. Are they still going to run the ball? Yes, but I think they're definitely going to be a pass-first team. And without Adam Thielen, there's plenty of volume to go around. All right. I love that. I think that might be a clip for the social media right there. Travis yeah, Kelsey, not Z- a top five. And you did just name, like, our three tight ends in the league well, right here. It, are you, are, oh, yeah, I forgot you, gonna, you got them, yeah. Yeah, I got Mark Andrews, but who's four and five? I'm waiting to hear the name. Okay, so four – I'm a big Kyle Pitts believer. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I knew it was coming. I knew it. 
Uh, I got I got him and Mark Andrews on my team. <laughs> I mean, listen, Kyle Pitts had a historic rookie season. Now you can argue last year he stank, but I would argue that while he did have a down year when he did play, have we ever seen a quarterback be as inaccurate and bad as Marcus Mariota? You can have your doubts about Desmond Ritter. Did he, but can he truly be any worse than Marcus Mariota was last year? Did he make the Eagles Kyle? roster? 53-man roster? Mariota? Mariota? I think he's Great question. Because yeah. McKee, is that who they drafted, I think? Stanford? Yeah, and yeah. Apparently, he was out playing Mariota in the preseason. Like Mariota looked really bad. So if he did make it, I bet he's third string. But to your point, Desmond Ritter might not be too much better. No, and plus, you know, they always say uh, tight ends are a young quarterback's best friend. They are that security blanket, and Desmond Ritter's going in year two, but he only played a handful of games last year, so who better to lock on to than a 6'5 freak of an athlete? Yeah, I feel that. And this is a selfish question of mine, but where's Dalton Kincaid? What's your vibe on him? Because I ask, the only argument people have against Dalton Kincaid is that he's a rookie. Other than that, what, what else do you have? So for Dalton Kincaid, I think he's definitely an interesting case. I mean, I think, honestly, this is the first year that I think there's a lot of good young tight ends and not just like a clear-cut number one. You got Sam Laporta. You got Luke Musgrave. You got Dalton Kincaid. I mean, you got a lot of good chunk group of tight ends. And with Dalton Kincaid, I mean, he's a tight end, but I don't think they're going to use in the block. They're, they're going to line him up as a wide receiver, and they're going to use right. him in that offense. And we know they don't run the ball outside of Josh Allen too much. So Dawson Knox, yeah, he got a bag, but at this point, they're probably going to use him to block and maybe help Kincaid develop him as a tight end. But I can see Dalton Kincaid starting the year slow just because he's got to work up to it. But I think by midseason, I think he could be streamable and fantasy relevant easily. I don't see why he couldn't in that type of high-flying offense. Think of the division, too. Two games against Miami. Obviously, they're poised for good offensive performance. Two games against the Jets with Aaron Rodgers now good offensive team so potential shootout possibility like i think it sets the stage up well for don Kincaid to by just sheer quantity of passing volume be fantasy relevant that's a great point yeah sounds pretty good to me <laughs> hey that. real quick before we dive into our league i have one question for devo here so you said you started playing dynasty football uh what three years ago yep do you have a mistake that you made in your very first draft or just like your first, you know, getting, oh. getting started, just anything that sticks out in your mind of like, man, now that I know dynasty, that was not good. We all got him. His name. I, is I have one. <laughs> Tim's probably heard this one before I made the mistake. And I think you can to a certain extent, but I made the mistake of buying landing spot too high. Um, and this was a rookie draft. Oh, I know where this not is going. This year. I know where this Last is going. Year, so in my dynasty league, I have Patrick Mahomes. So two years ago, Sky Moore was drafted. Yeah. Second round, not first round capital, but still high second round. So I was like, okay, you know, I can get sky's the limit. You know, you hear all this hype. <laughs> sky's the limit. I drafted Christian Watson, and then I drafted Sky Moore immediately after. I ignored everything in my heart that said draft the talent, not the landing spot. I took Sky Moore over Chris Olave. Oh, oh. Yeah. I have been paying for that every single day of my life since. And I, I learned a valuable lesson that day. Well, Devo, I can top you. Uh, mine would be I drafted in our startup draft. I think it was either the eighth or ninth round. I chose Nikhil Harry 
over Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, oh. classic. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh. Yeah. 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 Mine so. was Todd Gurley in the fifth round of our startup draft, which was three years ago. So I don't know what I was thinking there. I've just blocked out those bad, bad <laughs> memories and thoughts. I don't I don't even you know, yeah. I'd have to go dig them up. That's true. All right. Well, let's get into the league here. That's why you're here. Obviously, just from our in-depth conversation about tight ends, you know what you're talking about. So the answer to your following questions should make the league pay attention. The first one being, if you had to own a team that has the best chance of winning this year, whose team would you take over, kick the owner out, and say, I'm taking your team to the top? If we're talking win-now mode, I got to go with uninspired youth. I mean, he's going to love love that. I love that. Anthony. So my my thing is for win now mode, that team in particular, I mean, it's geared perfectly towards it. It, It's got a lot of great players. You know, we obviously just talked at length about Travis Kelsey, but by no means do I think he's going to be a bad tight end. So you get the positional advantage to some degree there. Sure. He's got like Amari Cooper, a lot of older pieces, but those older pieces might not hold dynasty weight, but in current, you know, formats and leagues, they're going to get you points regardless. Young guys take some time and that's where they get their values for long-term, but He's set up for success success now with those healthy amount of veterans. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, in this in a 10 team league with the shallow with the shallow more shallow bench that we have, I always like to see at least one or two alternatives on the bench as well. Like, you know, you can have the most ideal starting lineup, but how's that depth look? And I always like to get if you can get one solid guy at a depth of each position. And I think Anthony has that as well. You know, when you look at running backs, he's got Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams on the for the depth at running back, as well as Zay Flowers and Jerry Judy. Obviously, Jerry Judy recently going out with that longish term hamstring injury. He said he'd be ready by week one, but I would. Right, long, I'd, short term. Yeah, that'd be surprising. Um, that's an interesting pick, though. That, that well, is not the one for, I would For context, Devin, um, Anthony's team, Team Uninspired Youth, has been to the championship in the first year mm-hmm. and in the third year, and this is going to be year four. He lost both oh. to his roommate mm. in the same, the same matchups. Last year, Anthony was the heavy favorite coming in. Yeah. Oh, it was gut wrenching. He's probably going to turn off the podcast at this point, <laughs> Anthony. If you're listening, like you know, fast forward five minutes or something like that. Um, but yeah, he had a gut wrenching loss in the championship round. I mean, Justin Jefferson didn't show up for him. He had a couple guys not show up. Was projected like at some point you know, to win by a solid 20, 30 points. And it was looking real good. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, it just got real quiet in the basement. You know, everyone was watching together, (laughs) just like keeping an eye out on him. Like, is he going to be okay? Um, It was supposed to be a celebration of Anthony. It really was. You know, he worked, he got there and then his team just died. (laughs) It was, it was his lowest point total of the year. Yeah. Like it was, that's, Love and hate fantasy. You live and die by it. Rip your heart out. Yeah. But I mean, props to him. He reloaded again. Him and Tim had a really big Mm -hmm. trade during the the rookie draft. I think his running back depth prior to the rookie draft was... McCaffrey. um, McCaffrey and nothing else. And Zeke. (laughs) And Zeke, yeah. Yeah, he's got good depth. Yeah, so the thing is, he offloaded CeeDee Lamb for basically Joe Mixon and Ramondre Stevenson. Which that's pretty good. I mean, considering that Stevenson now has to compete with Zeke. Now, granted, mm-hmm. you know, would you start both at the same time? No, but it does kind of insulate you and give you some depth no matter what happens to either one of those guys. 
One of the things I do love that he has is Deuce Vaughn. I think Deuce Vaughn could have some immediate value. I mean, we talk about Tony Pollard now going pretty high, but when Zeke was the main guy, we saw how good Tony Pollard was. Yeah. Who's to say that Tony Pollard's not going to have the same effect with Deuce Vaughn? Yeah, and you could say Tony Pollard's not as durable as Zeke was, I would say. Exactly. So, he's coming off a broken and, fibula or tibula, something like that. Like, who's to say he's not going to take some ramp-up time? And Deuce just hides from the competition anyway. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Does Does Deuce Vaughn have any nicknames? Has any, have any of you guys heard any nicknames for him yet? Uh, he, he's listed as at 5'6", 176 pounds. He's a tiny dude. Which, ironically, is probably about my third-grade stats. True. Um, <laughs> and so I was just curious, like, you know, I, I, my mind went right to like muscle hamster, you know, the Doug Martin the Doug days. Martin days. Like, I, he needs a nickname like that if he's going to be like a good fantasy player, I think. I know. I feel that. We'll put that on the back burner for yeah. now. We'll be thinking about that. All right. Well, congratulations to Anthony, Dang. Devin, really feeling that team. But of course, this is a dynasty league. So I'm not sure how your your determining factor was. But if you had to kick off an owner and say, this guy has the best dynasty team, whether that be long-term, whether that be now, whether that you think that's a good hybrid, mm-hmm. whose would you say roster is the best set for the dynasty format? If I had to pick, so I got, I got two. I, I'd be fine with either of these two. The first one I have is uh, Mr. To Infinity and Bijan. Okay. okay. He had a big rookie draft this year. <laughs> I really should did. probably see. He really yeah. did. I, I had a lot of same players in my draft. Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. Yep, I got those same two. I mean, listen, Bijan is a generational talent, they're saying, coming out of um, Texas. No doubt. Obviously, he got top 12 draft capital, and so did Jameer Gibbs. You don't take running backs in this climate, in the top 12. In this economy? Not gonna use in them. this economy? You don't do it. So right. the fact that both teams took him, Jameer Gibbs was a surprise. I'm not going to lie. I was surprised yeah. that they oh, did. Yeah. I think I texted Tim on draft night, like, what the heck right. are the Lions doing? But they traded Swift. I mean, I think those could easily be Bijan being RB1 in Dynasty if he's not already by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs easily being two or three or maybe four at the absolute worst. I mean, they're going to use him. And especially if you're talking shallow leagues, if you got that one-two punch at running back for the next four or five years, I think that's all you really need to really try and compete, especially on a young dynasty team. I love that. Yeah, like we said, he, he's he been a, um, what's the word, chronic mid-to-lower table guy for a long time. And I think he is a really good example of what a rebuilding team is supposed to be where he just traded a lot of his older capital. Mm -hmm. He kind of made a push a little bit there toward the end of last year with the acquisition of Debo Samuel and Derrick Henry. But um, he is really the example of what, you know, he secured a lot of first-round picks, and quite frankly, luck fell his way of a lot of the first-round picks he secured ended up being, as you can see, the one, the two, and the five, I believe, he had where he got Quentin Johnston. So um, that is really the model I think we should be following when it comes to rebuilding teams. He went from mid to low tier to now immediately being a competitor. If not this year, you know, maybe definitely a year down the road. Yeah, I think exactly. I think most of us probably see Hayden's team as a probably as a top six team at this point. Easy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'll be curious to hear the second team that you were between, but because you know you see the the shiny running backs, you know Jalen Waddle, Patrick Mahomes. You know, talking talking depth on uh, Anthony's team. You know, Hayden's got a lot of like, ooh, could be yes. type guys. Yeah, 
you know, the, the Christian Watson, the Rashad White, the Marvin Mims, rookie Quentin Johnston, uh, even even a couple of those tight end pieces. I think he's got a solid, you know, a, well above average starting lineup. But the depth is where I would be like, oh, that's a little shocking for a yeah overall pick. For me, a, a sign of a really good dynasty team is when you look at their bench and you say, I would pick up any of those guys right now if they hit the waivers. You know, like if any of, I think any of Hayden's guys, Justin Ross, Puka maybe. Nakua, Puka, maybe could have, <laughs> but like he could have, but exactly. But if they were to be dropped to the waiver, I'd be like, Ooh, maybe, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Like it, it, they, they would definitely be high on the list. I think, and I, the and I'm not are. saying they're bad players. I'm saying like, you know, it, it, they, you know, if he gets one or two of them to take that next step, then he's golden. But you know, yeah. he kind of needs one or two of those guys to really to take that next step. Absolutely. Marvin Mims sleeper there yeah with some of the injuries in denver he's walking into good opportunity for sure all right hayden was one whose day are you gonna make next i, I gotta go with who date him with let's go do i hate Un, this guy unbiased <laughs> opinion so my, my only my only thing about your team tim Obviously, Jonathan Taylor does not help your situation. Right. Assuming that that situation gets worked out, whether he plays, he gets traded, signs a contract, whatever. Your running back depth and your running backs are the only thing I think that's mm-hmm. keeping you from being my clear number one dynasty team going forward. I mean, you look at your wide receivers, you got Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb. I mean, two of the top, arguably five, if not top I'd three. Top dynasty. three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got those two. You got DK Metcalf, no slouch of his own, especially in Dynasty. Chris Godwin, who PPR monster, he's not going to you know get a bunch of touchdowns, but he's going to get you at least twelve to fifteen points a game just by sheer volume. They're going to be a bad offense. Obviously, they're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, so he's going to be the number one option potentially for them. So, you got great wide receiver depth. They're all relatively young. You got Jonathan Taylor, who's going to figure it out in some way, shape, or form. Add on top of that, Darren Waller, who is a little bit on the older side, but as long as he can stay healthy, still's that's, got that's a your little tight end too. Yeah. yeah, I I think, and especially you know, looking at your draft picks, you still got a first coming up that potentially has some good high potential. You can either flip that for a high high end player or mm-hmm. draft a really high end like Marvin Harrison if luck falls your keep way. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> All right, and I mean, one thing I'll say before we move off of Tim is. We texted about it briefly, but his backup running backs have actually had a really good offseason. I mean, you look at Jalen Warren, he's looking as explosive as ever, and I say that with very hesitant breath as the Najee Harris owner. Um, uh, Isaiah Spiller, he's looking to be that number two guy between the tackles if something ever happens to Austin Eckler. Tank Bigsby has looked fantastic, as well as Sean Tucker, one of my favorite running back prospects of this year. I think he went undrafted because of a medical issue. But if you want to, you know, he's already he's already splitting the the first, the first team, team reps. Yeah. yeah. If you want to like have a good video to watch before you go to bed at night, that'll put you in a good mood. Just look up Sean Tucker Syracuse highlights. That dude was unbelievable. So I loved him coming out. Um, and he, uh, like Tim said, he's already getting first team reps. So that's another thing I think that kind of complements his team as well. Is if anything happens to those starters, or if just their talent shows out. I think a lot of those guys might be getting work this year that could, you know, help propel you to being more competitive this year as well. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, and Tim, you, you did avoid disaster. You know, the mystery team reports of Jonathan Taylor maybe going to Green Bay. <laughs> please please trade aaron jones next but yeah, yeah. at least you know knock on wood for me at least for now uh, it seems like you know there's a five percent chance that they can mend relationships in indy maybe less than five but then the rest is you know once he's off the pup i mean how poorly can chris ballard and jim ursay mismanage him like he's got to go I right know. surely i would hope so i would hope so all right. I well, love it. love it. I know this originally was not on the um, the outline or the agenda, but through your analyzing of this league, who ranked as the worst team in your eyes? We'll talk about it briefly because we have all have a feeling who we know who it's going to be. But. We'll see. So, my worst team. I'm gonna have to say the Red Rocket. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We don't gotta talk about it very long. We we dog on him enough. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got some good pieces. He got the quarterback figured out. Damian Pierce isn't a slouch. He had a good offseason by virtue of them not drafting a running back. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, he's got Drake London and a whole lot of need to rebuild. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, to your point, he has two first rounds next year. Granite Hayden and Uninspired Youth were your two of your three people that you said were going to be really right. good this year. So, you know, those might not be the highest of capital, but, you know, he's just accumulating picks in of itself. I think he has yep. five next year already. Mm-hmm. So he definitely has, you know, enough darts in his arsenal to hopefully throw at the yep. board. And, he's doing the right thing. Yeah, hopefully pick something great. All right. Well, I think now is the time for what the people are waiting for. Devin, it's been a great conversation so far. Thanks for hopping on. But if you could just give us your full-scale power ranking, we'll go at your pace. If you want to talk about folks, we'll join you. If you just want to run through them all, we can do that too, whatever you see fit. But uh, obviously, we probably know that the Red Rocket's at the bottom. So if you want to start from there up, let's time to piss some people off. <laughs> okay. So we got we got Red Rocket coming in at 10. I'm going to have to say number nine is Njigba's in Paris. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's that's fair. His his team to me was very solid. Like not a lot of like high upside, but just he's got guys. He's on the come up. He's got to play the right players. He's on the come up. He's got some assets. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if if you want, you can just run through your thing at all. Run through your thing, and then we can kind of chat about folks you'd want to. Let's do it. So number eight, I got Brees Lightning. Okay. Number seven, I got Mount Passmore. Yep. Yep. Number six, I got Super Camario. All right, all right. Reigning champ. Nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy so far. Number five, I got Team Fair Life. <laughs> Bye, Chris. <laughs> Chris. Bye. Chris is, Chris is out of here. He's, he says, see you later. <laughs> Number four, I got I got Who Day Tim. All right, all right. We'll talk about it. Yep. <laughs> Three to infinity and Bijan. Two, I got Let Russ Microwave. Hey, Love there we is. are. Nice. There we are. Yeah, and then number one obviously is uh, Team Uninspired You. Wow, that's that's actually it's honestly pretty accurate from our. Yeah, I, I would say that the you know when we talk in our ten team league, it's six make the playoffs and four don't. I would say your top six or at least top five we would all have in our top six, and then you know, be be right about there. So right, right, okay. Um, team Uninspired Youth being at one is. I can, you mentioned it. It's really good. I think Travis Kelsey alone puts him at the top mm-hmm. unless he doesn't finish as a top five tight end. Bum. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, anything stick out to you guys in particular there? 
So what what made you put uh, Team Fairlife middle of the oh pack? My God. I wasn't even like gonna ask. just uh, name maybe some of the like strengths, but then maybe some weaknesses there. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, first one being um, I saw Alvin Kamara's on there. Do so we like that or no? <laughs> I do. You know, the issue with Alvin is he's obviously going to miss the first three games, so. You got the upside there. You know, they did draft Andre Miller, so I think he'll be fine, but does hurt to miss three. I'm a Steelers fan, if I'm being honest, but I'm not a firm Ooh. Najee believer. You see that Jalen Warren's going fast. I, Najee did great year one, and that wasn't because he was efficient. Granted, the O-line sucked, but he just did it based on sheer volume. Yeah, he did. And he's going to break down, man. I mean, their O-line's better. I think Kenny Pickett's going to take a huge step forward, mm-hmm. but Najee, I just don't think he's going to be a clear RB1 in terms of fantasy. I think he's going to be a mid RB2 at best and just hope that he doesn't get hurt like he did last year and try and push through it just to be ineffective. Sure. Chris, I got one for you. What's that? Uh, what's your panic meter after today's news? Dude, it's like an Cooper eight. Cup. I saw that shit. I mean, crap. <laughs> Sorry. Re, um, re-injures or, you know, not re-injures, but, you know, tweaks the hammy again. Hamstrings right? suck, man. Hamstrings suck. He was, quote, day-to-day, and then now all of a sudden we have, ooh, he suffered a setback. Is now right. day-to-day. I'm not I'm not an eight. Before hmm. that news, I was like a two. I'd agree, yeah. With that news, I'm probably five, like five or a six. six. Yes. It, it's got significant impact for for your team. You know, it does. You're, you're starting two receivers, then become DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. High upside, for sure. Yeah. But still pretty big question marks. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's one of Tim, you mentioned it perfectly. Like that's that's one of the reasons that puts you at five, because don't get me wrong, I love I love a good Cooper Cup, but A, he's coming off of injury from last year. He's tweaked his hammy, he tweaked it again. Is Matthew Stafford gonna stay healthy? I mean, I, I get it. Is Matthew Cooper Stafford gonna remember his name? Because apparently he's not remembering names of anybody. Do you guys see that yeah. report? Yeah. Are you like of his teammates? Yeah, he was like, I'm having, str- I'm, I'm struggling connecting with my younger teammates. I don't know any of their names. There are oh, too many on their phones. God. Yeah, they're all on their That's phones. That's so bad. Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean you, you pretty much nailed it right on the head. I mean Cooper Cup, he's gonna, he's a volume monster, but we saw what he was with Jared Goff. And, and Jared Goff has proven that he's good in Detroit, but like Cooper Cup was good with Jared Goff, but he wasn't the Cooper Cup we know and love he is today. So if anything happens to Stafford or Stafford's elbow gets bad again or anything like that, I mean, Cooper Cup gets scary throwing his hamstring. And then like Tim said, Calvin Ridley, I'm a believer in Calvin Ridley, but he hasn't played football in a year plus. So high upside, but definitely high risk. DJ Moore on a new team, new coach, new system. High upside, yeah, but sometimes those things take a minute to to work. Yeah, you were talking about it with, I think, Hayden's bench, but I feel the same way about my bench as you do about Hayden's bench, where I have a lot of guys that, like, hey, if it hits, Mm -hmm. that's going to be great. Like, you know, I was kind of hanging my hat on one of Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift. Hopefully one of them is, like, the lead guy. That's not looking like the case, so that kind (laughs) of sucks. Kenny Gainwell. Right. Devon A-Chain, maybe he's the dude, especially with Jeff Wilson recently, uh, you know, landing on the pup. Um, And then, like, I call it the four-headed monster of maybes, which is Kadarius Tonis, George 
Kadarius Tonis. Kadarius <laughs> Tony, George Pickens, Jamison Williams, Jordan Addison. Like all four of those guys. It's like, man, they're young and sexy and fun and cool looking. Are they gonna do anything? I don't know. Jordan but like, Addison, man, no. they're great to look at, you know, kind one of thing. Of, one of those guys will hit. Guaranteed at least one of them. Hit. <laughs> you heard it here <laughs> first. You heard it here yeah, first. Yeah, but just one of them. So, you know, we might as well drop three of the others. Yeah, might as well, I guess. All right. Enough about Team Fairlife. I'm pissed off talking about I, it. I was going to say, so <laughs> we, we've each had our shine here. I think it's only fair to, to dive a little bit on Aaron's team for your from your perspective. Uh, right. Have yeah. any quick hitter highlights for Team Let Russ Microwave and maybe why, you know, I think you had uh, two on your power rankings behind team uninspired youth so like you know what what was it that held them back from me in that number one spot i think please make me feel good i think the ref <laughs> i for reference i think um let russ microwave is my number one team right now i think i have him more so, too the only thing keeping him from my number one is probably that running back depth i mean you got a fantastic one-two punch That's in true. austin eckler's mm-hmm. you know both of those guys they're gonna get the lion's share of that workload but behind that, I mean, Raheem Moster, I mean, Jeff Wilson getting hurt does help. But, you know, I forget the stat, but Raheem Moster's only ever gotten more than like 20 carries like once his entire career. And the man's like 32, 33. So and then he he's dies. not going to get it. Yep. <laughs> Trek star. <laughs> right. Kareem Hunt's unsigned. You do got J.K. Dobbins, and he's hopefully healthy after blowing out his knee. Yeah, just, just general, J.K. might be the one guy that splits the fantasy community the mm-hmm. most. What's What's your vibe on him? You know, it's hard because even J.K., while he looked off last year, he was still effective. You know, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be good this year, especially if they're passing more. That should open up, you know, the running lanes and give him more opportunity to squeeze through it. So I think he's probably going to be pre-injury. I don't think he's going to explode, but I I would not expect most much of a drop off, if I'm being honest. I I think he'll be what J.K. Dobbins was. I don't think he's going to be an RB1, but I think he's going to be a solid RB2 Assuming this new offense shows to be at least somewhat competent. And I think if you're Aaron, you take that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Sure. All right. So, I mean, his wide receivers are what I did follow. It was very hard for me mm-hmm. not to put him number one. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Amon Ra, T. Higgins. I mean, how do you pick which one of those guys? Um, you know, you can play all four of them, but even Tyler Lockett, he's got some good weeks in him. So that right there was very hard for me not to put him at one because – with two flex spots, wide receivers play a big role. He's got four of the best. He sure does. My tight end depth is ridiculous. Yeah, you, need <laughs> you do. Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts. I mean, obviously, move it's great one. to have Mark Andrews. Yeah, exactly. I was going <laughs> to say, like, if you want to really be number one, you can easily move one and be perfectly Kyle fine. Kyle Pitts is at his floor. I need him to get, like, third round mid- pick. Mid-season. I need him to be like tight end two or three, and then I'll ship him off. Hey, this is the year, man. He'll do it. That's fair. All right, Devin. Well, thank you again for jumping on. Any other general takeaways you want to leave with the folks before uh, before we close out here? No, I mean, I think I think really just my last takeaway is you know obviously we all love fantasy, but some of us can get a little more carried away. But I think that's just part of the fun. You know, you make it almost a livelihood more than a hobby, and. I can confidently say in the four or five years I've been doing it, I've never been happier with some kind of a hobby than I've had and never gotten into it. You know, I spend a lot of time looking at waivers. It's just something that brings me joy. So I think fantasy is just such a good thing that can bring friends together. And you guys have had your same league for four or five years. And I think we need to just take a minute to appreciate that. Like 
it brings everyone together, whether we hate our friends because they beat us in the championship <laughs> two out of three years. Yeah. But I mean, it really does put a lot of people together. And I think it's a really special thing when we make it one. What a speech. Dude, the emotions I feel yeah. in this league, like uh, just for like a, another, another quick story. The trade I told you between Tim and Anthony that sent Joe Mixon and Ramondre and CeeDee Lamb, I literally pulled Tim out of like the drafting room and was talking to him about a trade. And then like bachelor style, Anthony walks out and is like, can I just, can I talk to you real quick? And I'm like, you're taking away my date here. (laughs) And then they go around to the back of the cabin doing whatever they were doing off camera. And then all of a sudden (laughs) I walk in and there's a trade. That happened, and it's like you just stole my person, and I didn't talk to Anthony the rest of the day. I was, <laughs> I was so upset. It's unbelievable. Um, but no, you made a good point because honestly, the rookie drafts are a good time for us mm-hmm. to clear our schedules. Ten guys going somewhere for a weekend, whatever it may be, and I'm sure you have, you know, the same effect with some of your leagues. It's just a good opportunity to even outside of fantasy football, just kind of get together and catch up on life and kind of block out a weekend of your calendar that's so tough at our age and just kind of hang out with the boys or girls, you know. Absolutely. So it's awesome. All right, Devin. Well, how'd it feel to be the first guest of the podcast? Do you, do you, how do you, how's it feel? Feel pretty good. You know, it felt pretty nice to put on analyst hat for once and look at other teams instead of me like second guessing my team for the billionth time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I get the vibe that if it wasn't, almost 11 o'clock at night, we could have done this pod for four hours. Yeah. Probably. You know, and just talk about every single person. All that. Yeah. Yeah. We, That's good. We, we need a, a Devin spot every so often <laughs> on the pod now, I think. I call it the the Devin update or the Devin, uh, what's a synonym for update that starts with D? The Devin... Duh. We'll work on it. We'll work on that. Just like um, Deuce Vaughn's nickname. Yeah. Yeah. We got some homework. <laughs> there we go. Some homework. That's your to-do list, Devin. Next time we do you, Deuce Vaughn <laughs> nickname. We got to get it done. Let's do it. All right, right, brother. Thanks, Devin. Thanks again for coming on, man. We'll sign off. Have a great night, man. No problem. UGAS too. Thanks again for having me. See you later, brother. Thanks, Devin. Huge thank you again to Mr. Devin. His wealth of knowledge, man. Yeah. Was not not surprising. Not saying he's a dumb guy, but like he he was a great guest. Absolutely. Prepared. It was awesome, and he just was able to. Kind of give Anthony a nice warm hug and say it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Yeah. You know, you still got another year in you. So thank you again to Devin. And that's going to do it for the show this week, fellas. Man. As always, on social media, this league underscore pod is where you find us on Twitter and Instagram. The website will soon be up for your viewing pleasure. Again, up to the minute scores, transactions, trades, all the good stuff. Rosters will be on that for you soon. And as always, if you could, if you have a second, it really helps us out. Give us a rating, comment, interact with us, share us with your friends. And as always, just Derrick Henry in the winter months of December cold times. Stiff arm that freaking like button into the cold, hard ground, baby. Absolutely. That's what Tank Bigsby's going to be doing in the That's future. right, because his name's Turk. Absolutely. You could take the like button and put it in a blender, Come blend on. it up. Why not? Add some fruit, make a smoothie. Yeah. A like smoothie. Yeah. Protein in that like button, baby. Let's do, Let's it. do it. You just can click it, though, too. I mean, that's 
mean, you could. That's the obvious choice. That's but, usually our best return on investment. But the like button smoothie sounds pretty good. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, like I said, six days until football, <laughs> but only one day until September. I love September. Yeah. Not only because it's my birthday, but it also means fall. Fall, so. football. Pumpkin spice lattes. PSL. PSL. I love that. I love that. All right, guys. Well, I'm Chris, your host, signing out. Love you guys. Football. Peace. Go on and get on the podcast. Well, Devin was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> great, great attempt. <laughs> great job. Great hey, job. Are we time traveling? How do I do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, start out, you know, just a. Well, thanks again to Devin. Uh, yeah, we, we, I think we all agree that was an awesome, yeah, awesome yeah, interview. Yeah. I hope you all enjoy that listening yeah. at home. All right, cool, 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 cool. Right. And then, you know, that'll do it for today. <laughs> well, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>